0: Time to do the show. Oh, okay. It's Heavy Hole Podcast.
1: In case you didn't know. The finest show on the market. We run this. That's right. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm not DJ Khaled. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. And I'm Tom. How you doing there? It's the Heavy Hole Podcast. We're starting off a little casual today. I like it. I like casual. Yeah, I feel relaxed. I'm good. Usually, like, I
0: spend all my energy up until the moment we start recording the show. Yeah. I say I big bang. Hello, it's Tom. And then nothing.
1: Yeah, no. See, usually I take a nap right before the show and I just and I barely even have enough energy then to get through the show because yeah. my uh my hedonistic lifestyle. No, speaking of hedonistic lifestyles, how was your weekend? Uh,
0: you know what? It's the same. I'm still <laughs> studying. There's not much to report. It's colder
1: outside. Yes. Um not a lot getting chilly out there it's a good it's good weather to stay indoors and study yeah work on your programming skills as you are work on your riffs as justin always says who's not here big shout to justin
0: yeah uh the one thing i have been listening to a lot for studying and it seemed like a joke at first but there's i'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know this when you go on youtube there is a uh, a live channel that's always streaming lo-fi hip-hop study i think they call it um Lo-fi girl. The,
1: the anime. The little anime We've girl. talked about this on, Did the we? on the show recently. I, I, are you, you don't remember this? No, it I don't. It was like two episodes ago. Fuck. <laughs> See, that's, it's all together You've become now. the meme. I am the meme. Two, like, dude, it was like, two, the listeners know. Shit. Two or three episodes ago, I said I was picturing you as the lo-fi meme person like sitting there with your cat studying C sharp. what, what now you're bugging me out? Yeah. What now, episode is? Now I this? have
0: egg on literal egg on my face. I'm <laughs> glad you guys can't see this.
1: You've become yeah. the lo fi anime study meme girl. It's
0: what I'm gonna be doing for the next few months. So you sorry are... I, I am lacking You know what here wow. I, you know that what was uh, great. I'll say this. I am taking a break from studying Thursday, and I'll be going to Saint Vitus. Oh and I'll be seeing Frozen Soul. Ooh. I'll be seeing Sanguisugabog. I'm nice. going to say hello to
1: Devin and Cody there. Nice. Catch up. Make sure you give a big shout out to Nick from Vomit Forth. Oh, oh, yeah. Are you there? They're on that tour, right? Oh, they're on that tour. Yeah. Come well, on. We Let's know see. about this stuff. That's great. That, that's, that's, that, that's
0: something I'm looking forward to, to break up the monotony yes. of being the lo-fi yes. girl.
1: I will be working, unfortunately. Yes, I work a day job that has nothing to do with metal. Um, Still waiting for those Heavy Hole Podcasts. And afterbirth checks to pay my bills. No, I'm just being facetious here. But, yeah, unfortunately, I do have to work. I took a lot of time off recently uh, for health reasons. Now I'm back. I wouldn't say I'm in shape, but I'm, I'm better off than I was. And um, I'm working a lot. Working Very a lot. spry now. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself at that fine music event. I'm still waiting for these big tours to come through Long Island. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of trolling. I've been out there talking amongst the people. Um, a trolling mainly on Instagram when I see tours announced. Hmm. I go, Long Island would love this one. You know, little comment section. You know, hey, Long Island would really love this
0: one. And then the social media manager, yeah. whatever band page goes.
1: Uh, they, yeah, uh, nobody. It's me, it's, me, it's me screaming into the abyss. I do it more <laughs> for myself than thinking it's going to change anything. It does. But here's what I said. I said this repeatedly to the members. I'm not even going to say who it was. I don't want to get anyone dragged into what I'm about to say because it's controversial. But this is my th- Living here on Long Island, out here in the burbs, uh, the reviled um, abyss uh, of strip malls and highways uh, far away from New York City life. We, we we travel out to New York City, to Brooklyn and the other boroughs um, to, to go to shows. Uh, no problem there. I, I love Brooklyn, man. Brooklyn's been very good to, to me musically in terms of playing shows and rehearsing and performing. And I have a, a lot of bandmates from there. No problems with the city. But I notice a lot of these shows coming through. I'm not going to get into naming venues or calling out any of the fine venues out there. But a lot of these shows coming through are playing Brooklyn two nights in a row. They're hitting they're hitting Philadelphia, Washington D.C., and Virginia and Boston everywhere else they're hitting once, but there's enough of a market where they're coming through and hitting Brooklyn twice, two nights in a row. Which is great. That's great for everybody. It is, it Here, is great. Here's where I digress, Tom. Okay. There are enough people driving out from Long Island to make up parts of the audience on those two nights. Where Long Island itself, Suffolk County on the Nassau border in particular, could be its own another another market. One of those nights could be a stop on Long Island, just like it used to be in the early nineties when we had the Roxy and all those other venues.
0: Hell, even up until what like the early two 2000-
1: thousands, the downtown, the crazy donkey, crazy donkey, you. yeah, crazy donkey used to pull some serious tours. Thank you, sir. Yes, even Revolution in recent memory, though they were not up to that part. They they would sometimes get in these tours. I'm just making the distinction now. Um, there's there's two dates in every uh, Brooklyn sh- tour that comes through near, near about. Why One of those could be a Long Island date. You know that the crowd is driving out from Long Island to attend. Here's the problem. Now,
0: we just spoke with uh, Kyle of Undeath, and uh, we were mentioning load-in times. Mm. I don't know if like these bands could make the 15-hour drive. From Brooklyn to Huntington or Farmingdale, yeah, uh, because of right. traffic. The traffic right. has gotten terrible on is Long that Island. It? It's the the, the uh, MTA, the LIRR, is now abandoned. No one's even taking it. They'd rather sit in traffic.
1: the it, t- the, the the ten hour, ten mile drive. Yes, from Brooklyn to Long Island. You, you know, what? maybe you got a point there. Let me back off. Hmm. I went on a little bit of a tangent there. Uh, you know, I like to explore the issues. I like to get, get my fingers dirty and get right in there. Um, I got another thing I'm going to explore tonight. Sure. I want to rap with the youth. All right? I'm a man of a certain age. I've been following death metal for a long time. Uh, let's get in there. Let's see what's going on. I want to talk to an up-and-coming death metal band on the scene. I want to talk to Mourned from Massachusetts. Let's get all four members on the horn and rap with them. For Mourned. You you just rapped. That was great. This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with all members of Mourned from Weymouth, Massachusetts. That would be the Coughlin brothers, Brendan and Dave, Billy Nichols, and Riyad Michener. How you doing, guys? Doing splendid today. Hey, Very good. Oh, it's awesome, man. And yeah, we got all four of you here, so I'm going to try to take it slow um you guys are a band i wouldn't call you a new band you've been around for a while now developing your sound uh and we're going to get into your future plans but as our listeners of the podcast know we always go back all the way and i figure since two of you guys happen to be brothers uh we'll get to we'll get to Riyadh. we'll get to billy but um the coughlin brothers brendan and dave dave you're the drummer brendan you're the guitarist and um uh you did play bass at one point uh earlier on Tell, tell me a little bit, are you guys from a musical family? Are there musicians older than yourselves in the family? Or was there anyone into metal and hardcore in the family or while you were younger that steered you that way?
2: Um, well, we're both uh, first, like, kind of, like, kind of the first musical ones in our family, more or less. Yeah,
3: I don't think anyone else in our family, even our extended family, doesn't really play instruments. I... Uh... I was really into the Tony Hawk games when I was a little, little boy. And when I heard of TNT by ACDC on the little soundtrack, that was like my first real exposure to guitar music, I guess. And I kind of wanted to like learn more about it. And then my uh, friend Brian at the time in elementary school, he started learning guitar and I was on my way out of trying all the different sports my parents signed me up for. And I was like, I want to try guitar out. And that was the thing that stuck all these years.
2: Yeah, there was one Christmas they gifted us a guitar and then I got a small drum set and we begged our parents for years to let us take lessons. He got
1: his guitar lessons first, but it was a uphill battle for me to get drums since they're so loud in the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, drummers always have it the rough and then the par I think the parents instinctively know that you're yeah. gonna end up jamming at the drummer's house, right?
2: Oh yeah, that's why we had a. Uh, Find a quick practice space once the uh, practices started to get uh, more yeah. intensive. Yeah.
1: So you guys, being the brothers growing up, um, uh, are there bands? Because I, I know you guys are a little bit younger than me. Are there bands that predate Mourned, or is Mourned actually your first like real band where you're, where you're making a go of it, playing shows, and writing original music?
3: Um, we had like a couple like yeah. like we had like a metalcore band, a deathcore band in high school, yeah. and then after like once I graduated high school I'm two years older than Dave once I graduated high school I started to kind of go on the more extreme side of things again like I was I've been in a death metal since middle school like when I would just be on YouTube looking up like Campbell corpse videos and stuff like that like Campbell corpse and the red cord videos and then once um when I graduated high school, that's around when I started getting into more underground stuff. Like, there was, like, like when I went to more hardcore shows and stuff like that, and looking at more kind of, I guess, obscure bands at the time. That's when I wanted to play, you know, faster and harder music. And that's when, like, this
2: shift really started to happen for me. Yeah, I and, mean, like, we, like, I mean, since I was in the fourth grade, like, going forward, like, we had just been going to, like, concerts and stuff, like, 2007, we went to our first Ozfest, and like being at such a young age, that definitely opened our eyes to like wow. the more like extreme side. Yeah, we life. shouldn't have been there. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Would take 2007. The- <laughs> you were probably what ten? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was just out of the
3: fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was wow. so Fucking That's awesome. Crazy. Oh, it was so sick. <laughs> but, but, That was like one of. Um, I learned this after reading one of uh, Behemoth's books. That was like their second time in the U.S. like ever. I mm. think what it was like when they were torn for the apostasy. I think. Wow. Yeah. So that was like one of the one of the like earlier times they've been in the US, if I'm not mistaken. But that was sick. That was my first time seeing a death metal band live was Behemoth. That's that I didn't get it at the time, but like I because I like all the melodic stuff. But when I saw Behemoth, I was like kinda like freaked out. But I was also like I couldn't stop looking it up afterwards, like the following weeks and whatnot. And I've always had a niche to just listen to more intense stuff like in the vein of that. Like I'm always looking for the next extreme. <laughs>
1: Yeah, behemoth is pretty over the top as uh, for you know a young person just, yeah. just getting exposed. And then you, you look, dude. I've talked on the podcast before about their mu- Their music videos will make you wet your pants if you're not ready. Sometimes. Right? Oh
3: yeah, yeah. I, I used to watch the uh, "At the Left Hand of God" music video, and like I would get like, <laughs> the, like I would get like a minute in, then I would turn it off. Like I was in like the seventh grade or something like yeah. that when it came out. I was yeah. like, I can't watch. this. Well, I was
2: young enough to think that the "Immortal Corruptor video from Guar was real. I was like, oh my god, they're actually killing those.
1: People. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's that, that's why metal is always cooler when you're younger man but um wow well, well, all right so so there's a lot there um now let's before we get we get too much further ahead because you guys it's, it seems kind of natural you get the guitar your you, your brother gets the drum set eventually um you fight for it and you get it uh, OzFest, Behemoth. Um, I can kind of see the, the trajectory there. Uh, Billy, what about you, man? Are, I got to ask, Billy, you're not originally from Long Island, are you?
4: No. No, okay. I, I'm also uh, from
1: Weymouth. come common name. I know a guy. We'll we'll get off it. Um, Okay. (laughs) Billy Billy Nichols from Weymouth, Massachusetts, not from Long Island. Um, One and only. Tell tell us about you and your your journey getting into uh, harder music growing up, um, musicians in the family, or anyone who steered you towards that sort of thing.
4: Yeah, um, so the only real musician in my family is my uncle. Um, He doesn't really do anything seriously, but He's like he's like a prodigy at piano. Oh, he rips. Which is insane. Oh, he absolutely
2: shreds. Yeah,
4: and uh, he was like, when I was like eight years old, he, you know, I went over his house and he had a drum set, and that was like my first uh, kind of interaction with an instrument. So I kind of just played around on drums for a while. That was like my instrument. Um, never had a kit myself, but, you know, that was like my first introduction to it, until I actually got one from Dave. But That's right. I did. I haven't gotten to set it up yet. That <laughs> was like six years ago. <laughs> um, Eventually, but uh, yeah, I, I think my like, I think my first introduction to kind of heavier music though was honestly from my mom. Um, it kind of I just grew up listening to like a lot of '90s stuff because she was actually born in 1980. Um, so she listened to a lot of that stuff when, when she was growing up. So like Alice in Chains and Stone Temple Pilots, that was like my first kind of um, intro to it, basically. And then I remember seeing, I was probably in first grade, and I saw the Spit It Out from uh, Slipknot video on MTV. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, it scared the hell out of me because uh, of like the Shining reenaction and stuff oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. so yeah so then you know found that and then once I learned how to use computer I just kind of you know same as Brendan like just saw recommended videos <laughs> and I also played the Tony Hawk game so that was like my introduction to like In Flames, Mastodon Entombed like bands like that and uh, yeah it was just kind of natural from then on just meeting friends who were into that stuff and just recommended videos and just checking out as much as I could
1: so oh, okay. Yeah, I've we I've heard uh before about the Tony Hawk games and the guitar hero games about being like a yeah. kind of like gateway for, for metal for a lot of people. Uh and I gotta laugh too, because you you said about your mom. I was born in eighty two, man. Oh really? That's yeah, funny. yeah, she was
4: nineteen eighty. So That's funny, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, all right, man. So it definitely you're definitely not the Billy Nichols I thought I knew. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. But, um, but that's, well, that's good, though, because that's also, you know, it's like I said, when we get around to it, when we start really talking about Mourned, I want to get into um, the kind of newer, newer generation coming up in the hardcore death metal crossover, and we'll talk about it. But, but first, uh, not to neglect uh, uh, Riyadh same um, line of questioning, uh, musical family, anyone that was into hard rock or heavy metal growing up or anything like that.
5: Uh, no, I'm, uh, so I'm pretty much, yeah, same like them, the, the first member of my family to kind of be musical, um, and I guess a lot of it is due to, um, you know, like you said, like, you know, the cliche, Tony Hawk, uh, Guitar Hero, just learning all the songs, playing them on, like, the hardest difficulties, then you have that Dexterity on a fake guitar, so you're like, oh, I might as well try the real thing, so, you you know, I asked my parents, um, a guitar and then after that you know I got an acoustic guitar and got bored of that and I saw like electric guitar and how cool it sounded so then the next time you know next birthday rolled around I asked for an electric guitar and an amp and stuff um and then uh, a lot of it for me was just like um I think like a lot of it was just big four honestly like learning a lot of Metallica and Megadeth because those were like just like the two that kind of like stood out the most to me um so I was learning everything and then um Yeah, just uh, and then meeting them, actually, because we all grew up in the same town. So we kind of, as we got into different bands, we kind of shared them together. We would like record videos of us playing this riff from this band and like we would kind of like, you know, send this, you know. More CDs from each other. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was uh, everything like we when we learned sweet picking, we were showing that to each other. And it was (laughs) was just like so we kind of like snowballed ourselves into it, um, too. So that was that was good.
4: Yeah, um, I found out about a lot of music from you guys. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, so... Um, no
2: problem.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But, yeah, a lot of it, too, <laughs> is, like, um, like I said, too, like, um, us being, like, young when YouTube came out and then, I, you know, just seeing all the stuff getting uploaded to YouTube in his first few years, like, all these music videos, all these bands, like, these full albums, and, you know, and just, like, just discovering it all with, like, how fast the internet was, like, spreading and stuff yeah. like that. That was pretty much, like what what I like owe it to
1: so okay all right fair enough and and you also answered one of my questions too I was going to ask obviously um Brendan and Dave know each other and I guess so so Billy and Riyad oh, you right. guys are, are all kind of from the same town I would imagine you went to the same uh, high school at least right yep. yeah yeah
4: yeah so Brendan and, and Riyad are a little bit older than me and Dave but um you know we're all we're still there at one point at the same time
1: so yeah yeah <laughs> f- fair enough, man. Um, and now here's what, and, and well, also, I should ask um, Billy or Riyad, any any bands that predate Mourned where you were writing original music and performing live? Uh,
4: not really for me. I, I had like a not really too serious thing where I played drums, but we never played any shows or anything like that. We just kind of got together and jammed, and that was really it. <laughs> and yeah, none for me really. It was just kind of like.
5: Um, just like delving deeper and just discovering different bands, trying to learn their riffs, and just like once you know, learn that, then move on to the next thing that I couldn't do and stuff like that. So it was a lot, just like you know, just like practicing on yeah. my own and stuff. And yeah,
1: so- got yeah, that, that's that's cool, man. That's um, and you know, again, let's get into where, where I want to talk about. So, um, the band, you know, uh, the first thing I have is the promo 2016. Um, which was uh, the, th- the three of you guys without Riyadh at that point recording it, if I got that right. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, it's a two-song promo. At that point, I believe it's fair to say it had a very pronounced hardcore, maybe metalcore crossover sound and the vocals yeah, and yeah, the, sure. the composition. Um, maybe just take me there for a minute. You guys being from a younger generation than me, I know right now there's a lot of talk of hardcore death metal crossover. That's a big thing. Uh, but it, in, especially regionally, where you guys are from, you know, my generation, it was like Unearth, Shadows Fall, The Red Cord. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. uh,
1: you know, even even Breed was metal by a lot of people's standards in the nineties. When they came out, you know, compared to a lot of people who grew up on Warzone or the Gorilla Biscuits or something like that. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think it's such a new concept. It's just being done in, in a, this generation's way. Maybe if you guys want to just um, take a turn and weigh in on, on that, do you feel there's some regional history of death metal and hardcore crossing over? It's not such a new deal.
3: Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's important to kind of cross pollinate genres, honestly, uh, especially for newer bands um a lot of my favorite bands are just kind of like they not my favorite bands are really just like one genre they all kind of borrow influences like most of my favorite bands are still the bands that my uncle got me into when I was in middle school when it was like so before I got into like the more modern metal I listened to nothing but like Ozzy and Sabbath and all like the crucial stuff like that and then he showed me uh bunch of music videos on demand and he showed me a kill switch engage live video and i was like i was like this doesn't sound anything like ozzy or anything else that i knew and i mean they've been like one of my favorite bands ever since and when i was like doing more reading about them all like i wouldn't really go hang out with people in like middle school or high school i would just go on band wikipedia's and stuff and just read (laughs) about them and i was like i was like what did they call like metalcore i was like why is it called that i just thought it sounded cool i was like oh it's a mix up two different genres, and I was like, Well, that's that's kind of cool. And ever since then, I've gotten to bands like Shadows Fallen on Earth and stuff like that. And it's always it's one of those things where it's so like ingrained in me that it's kind of hard to escape. So, whenever people hear us and they're like, Yeah, I get a little bit like a death metal kind of hardcore crossover vibe, I'm like, Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of impossible to not do, hence the metal. That's, yeah. why, <laughs>
2: that's why we're not on the metal, it's my fault. And it's also <laughs> like, I feel Especially like since like on and like Shallows Fall, like Kill Switch, After Aftershock, yeah. like um Overcast, like all those like Massachusetts, like New England bands, like all that. It's like especially like growing up, if you're gonna get into like heavy music, like around here, it's like you're bound to like gravitate towards like both sides because like all we have is oh, like hands yeah. like doing like both sides like Absolutely. There's always like going to be like hardcore bands around here with more like metal influence or like metal bands with like hardcore influence. Like it's just like I feel like it's just like a natural thing like to come out of New England just writing like heavy music that sure. just combines like everything from every element.
3: Yeah, and it's cool because like obviously I like traditional death metal I like traditional metal. Like, I like all subgenres. I'm not really that picky about it. And I think it's cool that each genre just has its own energy about it and it has a certain vibe. And it's really just kind of, you know, just kind of a cool thing that there's this many options out there, you know, exactly. like I, I feel like, you know, why pretend that we grew up listening to Morbid Angel when we were nine years old, when that's not right. the case. You know? <laughs> like, I grew up listening to Kills engage Gene Gage, Ozzy Osbourne, Shadows Fall. Then it eventually got into the more extreme side of metal. It's like, I'm not going to hide my roots. Like that, like it's still going to yeah. come out in my playing and writing because it's all I've listened to for years since I got into music, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and well, that that's that's true, man. And that's something I I kind of wanted to be like upfront, and honest about in the interview is like why, why you know I when I was getting into de- I've talked about this when I was getting into death metal, it was more about like the um the more brutal, guttural vocals and the late night like you know devourment and dying fetus were kind of the new thing. And it was less about death and pestilence and that more thrash metal-influenced death metal. That was kind of old school at that point when I was a teenager. And we rejected some of that stuff, people, you know, like, you know, I don't want to say people my age, but we, you know, we did. Like, we rejected the more thrash-influenced death metal at first, and I got into that stuff later doing my homework. So it's like no one... No one started at the beginning. There was somebody somewhere think- who you know who, who maybe saw the first rock band ever, whatever. But I mean, you know, no. At, at this point in time, nobody really started at the, at the beginning of death metal except for a couple of OG type of guys. Like, uh-huh. you know, let's be real about it. And I thought you guys okay. coming from your area had maybe that um that background, especially like you like you said. Yes, yeah, so I, I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts on that before we move on.
4: Yeah, i kind of like what you were just saying, um, like. I used to kind of try to avoid things that were like didn't have any singing. Uh, yeah, that didn't have any singing in it. You know, so like I remember I was hanging out with uh, one of my friends at one time, and he was he played the Black Dahlia Murder, and I like I was like, dude, I hate this. Like, there's, there's no singing in it, and it bothered me. And then like later on, for some reason, he he put the same band on again. He put on Warborn by Black Dahlia Murder, and I was like, what is this? He was like, oh, it's Black Delimar, the band you said you hate it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I do. And I like went home and like looked it up and I was like, okay, this is actually kind of a cool song. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then like from there, like I found that I, I did like stuff that was, you know, just had screams and no no singing or anything. And then I found like Death and Decapitated and like the Red Chord and stuff. Those were like the earliest bands I remember. But I think like I started off, you know, my, my first CD when I was in elementary school was Hybrid Theory, Linkin Park. So, like, that's what I was kind of accustomed to. And then it's just a natural thing. I feel like that was common, common for our generation. I feel like every one of us had a copy of that yeah. around that age. Yeah, mm. exactly. That was like the first one I remember ever having. And, like, System Up and Down, I think Toxicity, too. But yeah,
1: yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's there's a there's an interesting despite our generation gap there's like an interesting Ozfest crossover because I remember seeing um, uh, System of a Down when Toxicity uh, was out and I also went to Ozfest in 2000 I think it was like Pantera was there and Soulfly it was it was cool man but they like the new metal is kind of like the the bridge there. Um, and the, and the metalcore. Now, you, you brought up Linkin Park. Here's a question I had with the climate nowadays. Like, I had I had um, uh, a sociologist and author, Dr. Donna Gaines, on a few weeks ago, and she thought it was interesting that death metal was having a resurgence right now with the younger generation, and maybe it has something to do with world events and the climate now and kind of like this nihilistic worldview that people are taking on because of everything going on. I'll, I'll, I'll boil it down to this. Would you guys say... That death metal styles and death metal like looks and stylistically and the sound and the lyrics have a lot more in common with like uh, hip hop and hardcore and youth culture in your generation a little bit more nowadays than in the past.
2: Well, it's all like extreme forms of music. Like I feel like it's all just like very intense. Like no matter like what the sound is, True. so like I think whatever like they base it around, like it's obviously going to be similar
4: because it's all
2: extreme forms
4: of music. Yeah, and I think it's something that probably people have, like, the masses may have rejected at one point, you know? Like, hip-hop or death metal or, you know, whatever it is. Like, people oh, this is too extreme, you know? So I feel like it's really similar in that regard as well. Yeah, I feel
3: like in regards to, like, death metal and the current culture, I feel like the crossover is bigger than ever because you even see, like, streetwear companies doing the Goopy logos and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like, there's so many times I'll see just, like, Complete random people on the street that don't really look like they would listen to the like heavier music, but they're wearing like this crazy death metal logo. Then I look it up later, and it's like a fashion company. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. There's a big one. I forget what it's called.
2: Oh, uh, um, vitamins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a big brand, but it's like all it oh, like, like, like metal, metal logo. logos and stuff. Yeah, or oh, that's, that's super like a handful of years ago we played like two soundcloud rap shows with like cold heart and like Lil zubin yeah and we were like no. oh those like these kids are either gonna love it or they're gonna absolutely hate it. <laughs> and it was sick like it was received was, really well, well, oh, yeah, those was like two they, of my
3: favorite them. shows that we played and like honestly. we
2: could tell that like it was a lot of like those kids like first time like seeing like a metal band or like any band that's like playing that type of music and a lot of them were like super excited and like we're buying shirts and the others were just crossing their arms in the back scolding us (laughs) (laughs) but
3: i feel like the reason why there's such a big resurgence is probably just because it's so much more accessible than it was even just like a handful of years ago like i think just like the way social media moves faster and faster by the day more bands just come out and be like oh yeah like we used to listen to like whatever death metal band In high school, let's listen to it again. Then they're probably like, "Oh yeah, that's super sick. We should just play be in a band like that." That's kind of like what I started doing is started revisiting some of the bands that I haven't listened to a lot of, like since high school, like Hate Eternal and Behemoth and such. Like I always like listened to them, but never in like rapid rotation because I was always just picking up whatever was new and trying to get as much music in as possible. And when I eventually circled back to death metal, like when I was like in college and stuff like that, like even more so than I was already into it. I was like, you know, I think this is the style I want to play. And also, it's such an interesting genre because you can do so much with it. You can yeah. either just have your total caveman, gross, perverted yeah. death metal stuff. You can have your really cool technical stuff. Or you can just blend it all together and just literally make whatever you, the hell you want with it. It's such like a malleable genre. I know some someone's listened to this and hated me for saying that.
4: But I think <laughs> you can do so much with that. <laughs> but there's, you know... There's so many good bands too. Like, I feel like you always hear people say, like, oh, you know, it's just the music's not the same or metal's not the same or whatever. But I feel like those people, you're just not looking. I think metal's, I like want to find those bands, you know? Yeah, I think metal's honestly
3: today and like it's like one of the best forms of the genre as a whole. Like, yeah, there's just it's amazing. There's just endless good bands out there nowadays. Not that there wasn't back then, but now it's so easy to find and so many new bands are coming out every day. Like Yeah, and so many yeah. labels that are paying attention to them and everything, you know. It's really cool to see. Yeah, exactly. Like Maggot Stomp, 20 bucks spin, profound lore and stuff. Like yeah. it's really cool having labels like that really like have their eyes like eyes and ears to the ground and just seeing, you know, who's coming up and what's new and what's gonna be the next big thing for the genre.
1: Yeah, that, that that's true. There's a good support system for all this stuff nowadays too. As as many bands as there are, there also are quite a few labels. Like you mentioned, uh, Maggot Stomp, who you guys worked with. Yep. And be, before we get to that, um, your uh, I guess we'll say it, is it a demo or your EP Rift Ripper, the four song EP in November 2017, right? Yep. Yep. That was independently released. You weren't working with Maggot Stomp yet, right?
3: Uh, I did. I think we eventually had um, Dead Sky Recordings in Tokyo distro some CDs for us over there. But that was about no. I think uh, I think it
4: was Earot tapes that put out a small cassette run.
3: Yeah, for
2: for River.
4: And then the Dead Sky thing was after Devoured Humanity. They combined it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah,
3: I think we self released the CDs, but like we like we put out the release ourselves, and someone else wanted to put out tapes for it a little bit later.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's like I said. Like nowadays, there's a lot of labels where you can get cool little licensing runs for different yeah. formats and shirts. Yeah. Like, but um, but we're getting to that. For, uh, first of all, I was a little unclear in my in my research. Um, was was Riyad on Rift Ripper?
3: Uh, he wasn't. the lab was a little bit different. Uh, okay. We had our former guitar player in the band, but um, he play- yeah, yeah, he was, was bass at that. He was bass at that point. Yeah. So, was, yeah, he was our former bass player. Then. Turned guitar player when we had Rhea join the band, mm-hmm. and now when for the Devoured Humanity lineup, it's us
1: four. Got, okay, got it. Got it. And when I listen to that, the interesting thing is when I listen to your guys uh, up till up to date, you have three releases, each one um, about a year give or take, maybe a year or two re- removed from the other. And there's a marked progression because the initial 2016 promo, like I said, it has a very hardcore kind of crossover metalcore sound to it. Um, with, with metal influences on on this Rift Ripper release um, it, it almost sounds like there's a gradual progression with like almost thrash and uh, maybe like more prog-minded uh, uh, thrash and, and death metal in mind there but not fully crossing over to death metal I gotta ask, being that you guys are from um, Massachusetts would uh, Revocation be in some way influenced or maybe not so much maybe I'm a little off base there
3: yeah uh, dave davidson's honestly one of my favorite guitar players i can't play like him to save my life (laughs) but i just i listened to a ton of revocation when i was really getting into like heavier thrash stuff heavier death metal and i heard one of the first releases i heard from them I forget what it was. I think it was, like, when uh, that car company Scion put out a bunch of random metal EPs. Oh, the one
4: with, like, the Caterpillar looking Yeah, bad. the one with, like,
3: the Grip Titans on it. I, I was, like, for free, and, like, when I was younger, middle school, being useless without a job or whatever, I had to, like... You I, were I, too I, young to work because you were in middle yeah.
2: school. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, like, I downloaded it for free, and, like, I listened to it on repeat over and over again. And that was, like, around when my friend Bennett Put on a bunch of like black metal and death metal on my iPod. But Revocation was a big one for me just because I loved how paced it was and I love all the solos in it and stuff. And just the way that they blend in
2: so many different genres at once is so cool because it's literally like seamless with them. That and I'm like the only one in the band who listens to Rush. So whenever there's a weird time signature, you can blame me. <laughs>
1: Okay, man. Well, that's I. am glad to hear that because, uh, not not to say like, oh, it sounds exactly like that, but I kind of inferred yeah, yeah. inferred something there, um, and it seems like you guys were reaching out, getting a little more progressive. Now, we've talked. I've talked here about how um, I'm 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 in a band. I'm not an original member, but the band Afterbirth. Those guys are from the early 90s, and they've told me that when the drummer joined, he didn't even know how to play a blast beat. He didn't know what death metal really was, and he learned how to play blast beats and faster as the band was progressing, and after he joined the band. Um, now, Dave, being a little bit younger and maybe from a more hardcore metalcore background, did you adapt yourself to death metal during the development of the band? Is that fair to say?
2: Um, well, uh, Actually, when I started drum lessons back when I was seven, I remember within my first month of lessons, my uh, drum teacher showed me a video of uh, Joey Jordison on YouTube doing one of his drum solos. And first of all, I was like, holy fuck, what's this website? Like, you're just finding videos. on?" I had no idea what YouTube was. And then um, just like seeing like just how fast he was playing because at that point like my first two cds were um ace of spades by motorhead and high voltage by acdc yeah and i didn't really like know like drummers could go that insane play upside down or play upside (laughs) down exactly and just like um as like brendan and i just kept finding like more and more like extreme bands i would just like scour youtube on like sick drummer magazines like uh page and just watch like all these drummers and it's how i got into like a lot of bands like that's how i started listening to necrophages and like got into gene hoglin and start listening to death and especially like with our writing like as we progress as a band like we keep trying to like challenge ourselves and like basically i'll like we'll spitball ideas and like i'll try to come up with a part and if i can't play it the first time we'll just like keep working on it until we can like all like play it and like just help us like get better as musicians and just like adapt to like the music we're making as well exactly
1: okay fair enough wow you kind of schooled me with that answer man because of the generation gap there that's great (laughs) though uh, it, it it's it, yeah, and Joey Jordanson man. Well, what an amazing drummer. I think a lot, a whole generation, um, really came up underneath his uh, his tutelage in a way, man. A real big loss to, to the metal scene. Absolutely, um, yeah. Nothing well, but it, respect to
3: him. And honestly, I feel like a band like Slipknot was so important in our upbringing because obviously they're like the, I mean, they still are the very much one of the big metal bands right now. Oh, they're for like sure. Yeah. Care or not, but like that band, like kind of almost like gave me more of a tolerance for death metal because i mean like mick thompson's like one of his influences like immolation and whatnot and i think just hearing all those tendencies show up in slipknot songs kind of gave me that itch to like find more bands that are kind of like that but more like firmly rooted in metal than like the kind of new metal thing they were doing
1: that's fair enough man you know it's it's true I'm, i'm like I'm asking about uh does death metal uh you know identify with with hip hop and hardcore more now and this and that and it, it's I, you know, I've, I feel like I'm reaching a little bit because you just put it into perspective we're like 20 years after the wake of Slipknot uh you know kind of popping the, the commercial bubble with um especially their first album but I felt like with Iowa they brought death metal elements to to the yeah, forefront you know That's I, definitely the album. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Crazy. All right. So it's just kind of crazy for me. I'm like having this realization now of, of what <laughs> of what Slipknot did to the world. But cause, well, because, you know, admittedly for me, I was into underground death metal and black metal yeah. by the time they came out. So I respected them, but it wasn't necessarily something I was so focused on all these years. Yeah. But I, I, I respect 100 percent, man. Um, so. Now, let's talk a little bit about performing live. Um, I assume you guys had started performing live locally between 2016 and 17 when you when you recorded those uh, first two releases?
3: Yeah, we played a lot, like, uh, mostly around, like, hey Mass. We played a few shows and then around here, like, BFW halls and whatnot. The Knights of Columbus and Weymouth was a big one. Actually, I don't think we even played a show there. I think, like, a bunch of Friends bands played there instead, but Yeah, we pretty much just played wherever we were able to get booked. I used to just kind of rapid fire message anyone who would be booking shows, and there wasn't there's not really like that many metal bands like in in our general area around the time. It was mostly like hardcore bands, punk bands. Then you have like your rock bands and alternative stuff. So we grew up kind of around a whole bunch of mixed bills, which just kind of made it more interesting because when we were younger, there was something for everyone at every show, pretty much. But then obviously as we progressed and kind of planted ourselves as like yeah we're we're a metal band we want to play whatever shows we can that's when we started to just kind of get
2: out there more i feel yeah and then our first um well this was before ria was in the band our first uh big out of state show our uh, buddy Devin booked us for um, his fest that he set up in uh texas for um hope for shelter which was like our first time playing outside of new england and we were like oh god like Are people even going to, like, care, like, what's going to happen? It was, like, super fun. Like, everyone was super into it. And then not a year or two after that, we did our first tour, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did our first tour in 2017
3: (laughs) with and Mouth. Mm. And that was when we really started to get out there.
1: Okay, that's that's interesting you bring that up. I was just going to mention before we move on, Um, there was a guest appearance on one song on Rift Ripper by Mark, uh, I believe Mark Whalen
5: uh, Yeah, that's our boy
1: from Fuming Mouth, is he the member of Fuming Mouth? I saw a very unfortunate social media announcement uh, today Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, he was uh, recently diagnosed uh, with cancer and anyone listening, we have links in our social media pages to the GoFundMe link and Fuming Mouth has all their links there, so if you can donate anything or at least share it, that would be fucking awesome, Mark's a there wouldn't be a mourned if there wasn't a human Mouth. They were like one of the bands that I heard. Like their very first demo is still my favorite demo of all time. It just like hit the spot because it was like the perfect mix of everything I liked. And I was like, yeah, I want this for us. Like I want to be this extreme. And we, we've been best bros ever since.
4: Yeah, he's he's the man. He's pushed us like no one else like yeah, you just know, really believe his us. band like gave us a lot of steam too seriously we yeah he's like he's rode for us before anyone else even
3: like remotely cared Mm. He's a great
1: dude. All, all right. Yeah, I, I I was very sorry to see that. We we um there's a long list of bands we would love to have interviewed on the podcast, but we can only get to so many people a month. Yeah. Uh but Fuming Mouth we have uh covered and, and recommended their music at least in the past. We've never got to speak to them, but um I, when I saw that, I just wanted to of course uh promote just for the listeners, anyone listening to this to t- uh, check out that uh, information you can um, you can just you know Google or look up uh, um, fuming mouth on all their social media. That information is out there. That he's uh, he's going through that, and um, they're they're raising uh, some funds for him. And I you know seeing that um, and looking through your guys' social media in the past and things like that, I see you guys repping fuming mouth a lot. And and um, I just wanted to ask what the relationship was. So obviously that's a band that kind of rose up from your local scene in the last several years uh playing a somewhat similar style at least you could say a more death metal and hardcore crossover style and and you guys um would would credit them at least as maybe an influence and um uh somebody who who helped out locally
3: for For sure sure. yeah definitely and like i've been i work with mark a lot on like fuma mouth out like i did the layout for their lp the grand Mm -hmm. descent and also their latest ep um So, like, I work with Mark a lot and helping him lay out Fuma Mouth merch and stuff. I do a ton of graphic design stuff on the side. So, he's, like, the guy that really, like, would push me to, like, my limits to kind of break through and to find stuff that works, you know. So, he kind of helped me, you know, break out of my comfort zone with a lot of things, design and music-wise.
1: Okay. And just for the listeners, this is Brendan Coughlin, right, Uh, speaking about the graphic design yep okay and because you had mentioned the graphic design before and those fuming mouth um designs are uh there are striking so i wanted to get into that could you just speak a little bit about your background with art and design and if people want to want to contact you in regards to that i don't know if you're offering on a commercial level or just for friends or whatever
3: yeah, I do stuff for like uh, whoever wants to hit me up. I kinda close things off for the remainder of the year, so I won't be doing I won't be picking up new jobs till like January. But um yeah, I've been I've always really been into art and stuff like that. Like I would try to draw like PS two covers that I had and I would try to draw like all the video game characters I liked and then honestly when I got into Kill Switch Engage I was looking at their album covers, like, these look cool, but I was like, How the hell are they gonna make this? and me being the person that just went on youtube non-stop looking up stuff i learned that their bassist mike does graphic design i was like huh i was like i don't know what that is but it looks cool and then in eighth grade i did a photoshop class and i was like oh, this is kind of cool i mean all i did was paint and i just kind of like using the program and then i entered the i went to we all went to evoke tech high school and um I did the design and print shop and also went to college for graphic design, but I always, I was always so stubborn with it. I didn't want like any regular design career. I exclusively want to work in music and stuff. So I just pushed myself and pushed myself and I think fume my mouth and like also doing stuff for my own band, like doing our layouts and design our first logo. I didn't draw up our current logo cause uh, it looks way too insane, <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah, I just really want to get into drawing logos and doing record layouts and just surrounding myself in music. So that's why I I really want to stick with it, you know. Like, uh, college was kind of difficult because obviously you're not going to be doing a ton of cool band stuff. You're going to be doing business cards and letterheads and stuff. So I would bang those out and then I would just do commissions while I had class time left to do them. (laughs) So I've been doing it for a long time.
1: All right. uh, Fair enough. And like I said, I just wanted to plug that and talk about Fuming Mouth again. Mark from Fuming Mouth um, having a health issue right now. People can go on their social media and look into that and donate if they're so inclined. Um, big shout to Fuming Mouth. Um, we hope to maybe get uh, uh, any member of that band on the show in the future, and we wish him the best. Um, and uh, not you know, moving on. Um, it's if I got it right. It's. Uh, um, Devoured Humanity is the new, uh, in, in 2019, the new two-song um, album. Yep. Okay, I, I had it written down wrong for some reason. Okay, div- yeah, that's why that's, that's why I paused for a second, man. Yep, note- the other name sounded cool, too.
3: That's why I was like, actually, I kind of
1: like that. I, know, <laughs> I that? Did we <laughs> release that? We're, we're gonna, yeah, I called it something. All right, we're going to edit that out because that might be from my lyric book. I don't even know anymore. I'm losing it over here. Okay, so <laughs> D- Devoured Humanity is the two-song release from 2019. To date, it's your most recent one. It was recorded with um, Chris Johnson at Godhead City, mixed and mastered by Arthur uh, Risk, if I got his name right. Now, that, that those are that's a fairly notable um, studio. A lot of people uh, might know releases that have come out of there. Could you talk a little bit about the decision to go there and working with those individuals?
3: Um, yeah, I think it came up because Dave uh, saw a post that Chris made about having Studio time available at God City, and I was like, well we are working on writing an album but we haven't put anything out since Rip Dripper. and I was like you know why not let's just record two new songs as a little like hey we're still we're still a band just kind of figuring it out and it was it was overall like a really really cool experience because few of mouth record their LP there so I got to go there with them and see what it was all about they recorded with Kurt Blue which was an insane experience but I like I just wanted to As soon as I went in there with Fuming Mouth, I was like, I want to record a song here or record an album here. And thankfully, Chris was cool enough to, you know, let us in and spend two days there pumping this out. And yeah, it's just awesome. It's easily my favorite recorded material I've done to date.
1: Okay. Yeah. And um, it's again, like I said before, it was really interesting. I I enjoyed going through your your, uh, band camp and listening to all the releases because now by the time you get to devoured humanity um uh you have you have uh, what i would say maybe a more death doom kind of sludgy influence in the music um could you speak a little bit about that and how you get from rift ripper to devoured humanity stylistically um and i assume by that point uh riyadh's in the band right yes Mm -hmm. Okay, so could you talk a little bit about about the writing and the um, the build-up to recording those two songs, at least?
2: Yeah, and um, I think it, like, kind of goes back to a little bit what I mentioned earlier, like, us just always trying to, like, push ourselves to, like, just constantly, like, better ourselves as musicians and songwriters and just, like, getting more intense rather than writing two-minute songs. Okay, let's try to build this to a five-minute song. Let's just keep trying to push ourselves right like more extreme music like music that's like it's challenging for us to play but like we can't
4: stop playing it because it's badass riffs we love it (laughs) and i think for me too because i kind of went through like a dramatic change in vocal style um just because i didn't really like what i was doing um i can't really listen to those old <laughs> uh, releases anymore. Um, just because, like, I don't know, it, it would, I, I would finish a show and my head would be pounding. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm not doing this right. And, like, I kind of always wanted to, well, actually, we all did, to, like, move into a more sort of death metal sound, but it was, like, very, pro- like, natural, just the progression of it. So, I just kind of randomly was like well let me just try this i just figured it out um and then wanted to i always liked the the dueling like low growls and like the high screams and stuff so i'm trying to push that more and more as we go and like for our next release just do the craziest stuff possible so yeah it's just all natural
3: yeah i feel like another thing is like you can grow up listening to a genre but doesn't mean you know how to really play it right away. Mm. So I feel like the way we worked as a band is we we knew where we wanted to be, but we didn't quite know how to get there. So that's why all of our releases thus far have been pretty short. Just kind of us testing the waters. Yeah. A lot of trial and error. Most importantly seeing how much we like it, but also seeing how they're received. And granted, like everything was received pretty well, but Devour Humanity is when like I I think really they really started to spread the word about us a lot.
5: Yeah, like a couple of years between uh, Rift Ripper and Devoured Humanity, like collective uh, influences in the band changed and like seeing what, uh, what stuff had changed like in like metal in those like few years around us, kind of like seeing where we wanted to be with our sound and stuff like that.
1: Okay. Um... Yeah, fa- fair enough. And you said that those two songs um, are actually taken from writing that was intended to be for uh, an ongoing album that you're writing, right?
3: Yeah, so those songs were originally planned for the record, but the more we started writing the album, the album itself so far has kind of its own distinct vibe. It's a little less like, it still has its occasional kind of slow, sludgy moments, but it's not as much in it. So we, Devoured Humane is just kind of like, standalone songs and then the album's going to have a little bit of its own flavor. Obviously with the album's kind of a good culmination of everything we've done so far I feel mm-hmm. where we really just like figured it out. Like the bulk of the writing's been mostly done I mean during COVID and whatnot. We, we had Blue Ruin and we had Corridors written and then when everything shut down like we couldn't meet you up know, to practice or anything like that so I it would just be me and Dave just at our place just hammering away on my computer trying to come up with stuff to keep ourselves from you know going insane and yeah kind and of its own vibe that way Like well, sending snippets on
5: like Dropbox and stuff back and forth just kind of right slower cuz of the... well
1: well yeah having having uh uh the guitarist and the drummer as brothers that's like an inherent adv- advantage right yeah it's such <laughs> a crazy perk and then and then right. when we
4: finally got to like get together again and meet up we were just crushing out new songs so like all right. just because it was like finally after you know a year and change or whatever like we just couldn't wait to get back to yeah. actually writing together and I remember um at the start
2: of the pandemic like the restaurants I worked at like were all closed so I was like well guess I guess got to practice drums so I <laughs> bought an electronic drum kit and like we figured out how to demo songs with it and just went nuts with it
1: yeah that's, that's great, man. Yeah, you know, a lot of people figuring out different ways to take advantage of all that time, try to make the best of it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, and I want to talk a little bit, too, about now that you mentioned, you know, now that you're back, um, I saw from your social media you recently played uh, Ralph's Rock Diner, um, yeah. c- kind of a, a historic venue up there in the, in the hard rock scene with 200 stab wounds yeah that um, was
3: great
1: and you also played the East with Undeath both in November right yep, yep. yeah though I mean that's two. it well in my opinion I'm from out of state but close enough to where I really value both of those venues um and I'm, I'm familiar with them and I was really glad to see that they're both back after the pandemic you know a lot of places closed down yeah. those are my favorite
3: places to play I mean especially the Middle East like it's always such a cool vibe there and all the like the four shows that we played, had, like two of them were at Ralph's and two of them were at the Middle East. One show was Middle East downstairs with Blood Incantation, and then the other one was mm-hmm. upstairs with Undeath. All four shows back to back were like fucking awesome. They were all great. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, our, I did. Like our first one back was our headliner. It was like a headliner set that we played. It was um, us, Blood Ties, Gog, and oh my god, who and else? Played? And no, who no, um, played that? first one back.
1: I know, I don't know. Blame God. Oh, Blame God. Oh yeah, Blame God God played.
3: I thought they played two hundred sevens for some reason. Uh, I was getting them. that's the problem with us playing two (laughs) venues back to back is I don't know what show was what. And Marks in like fifteen bands. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well yeah that first show back was just really reassuring because I mean obviously as you know Ralph's shows don't really start super early so we were playing last and I was just kinda having fun hanging out with friends and then when showtime finally happened i was like all right time to set up and everyone that was there from the beginning stayed till the very end and i was like that, that was really reassuring
2: that people were still that into it after all this time i mean and it was like cool for us because it finally gave us a chance to sprinkle in some some of the songs that we've been working on for the past like year and change and yeah. like seeing everyone get super excited for us and it's making us even more excited to finish and record the the album and everything.
3: Yeah, it's one thing about us is I don't like to rush out songs. Like I'm very nitpicky with everything oh, creatively. Yeah, we're all I do
4: super picky. Like <laughs> yeah.
3: I'll stay up till like two in the morning reading lyrics to a layout I'm working on just to make sure there's no typos or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll really take my time with everything and especially with songs. I like to finish one, then let it settle for a, a handful of days or so, and then
2: make sure we still reassess- like it. I mean, we must have we
3: must have scrapped like over like a dozen songs at
2: least in oh, yeah. the last like we'll, couple we'll, years. We'll write a song, we'll play it like a million times, and at first we'll be so excited, and then by like the twelfth time we'll be like, we fucking hate it. Get yeah, it and it that's is. how we know,
4: like, okay, this one's not good. Yeah, enough. like if yeah. I'm not
3: excited to play it that practice every <laughs> week, then it's out. That's how that's how we do it, which is why it take it's been taking us so long <laughs> to write this record. But in the end, we learn how to write songs that we want to hear and want to write and play. So. That's the that's the change off here.
1: Mm-hmm. That's well. That's what they say. They say you got your whole life to write your first album, and then your second album. You got you know how, however long. So yeah, yeah exactly. You take your time, man. That's that's good. And you know, speaking about those venue, like I said, Ralph's Rock Diner and um, the the Mid I'm glad to see those places back in action. I also notice uh, the first show of the year. You guys are playing um, with Cruelty with a K from Japan. Yep. Yeah. Um Mutal uh Stabbed speaking to Mark. Big shout out to Mark Valentino, by the Absolutely. way. Oh, big shout love to Mark. Mark. Love you, Mark. That guy's huge. <laughs> <Yeah>. Huge, <laughs> good. huge good. fan of huge
3: Mark. He's <laughs> the best. Big dudes only.
1: Good yeah, uh, good big big fan of the beard. No, good guy. <laughs> um good local guy to me and um he he kind of hooked uh, hooked us up with this interview in the first place man um shout out to him uh but um uh, blood tide uh adrian there's a, a few bands but i noticed that's and that's by the way for listeners that's uh at the sons of italy in Hingham, uh massachusetts uh saturday the 1st of january J- uh, new year's day right, right. So, so we'll start, start, off,
3: right? start things off proper
1: crazy yeah that's going to that's crazy that little tour um uh, and uh, it's the I believe it's January second. Uh, they're going to be in Brooklyn with that. Uh, my little band with uh, um, Mark uh, and friends, uh, Exsanguinated, uh, oh, is yeah. going to be on Ooh, that man. I, I got you it's know weird. I got to plug my own shit for the listeners too. rocks. <laughs> we'll appreciate it, man. But we'll we'll get back to you guys, man. I'm not 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 a uh, egomaniac on this, but um, <laughs> uh, so talk. But talking about that, where I want to go with that, I notice it's at a Sons of Italy. And you, yeah, told, yeah. You, meant, you mentioned Knights of Columbus before. Now, you guys have, um, like, like really established regional venues, like, uh, like clubs, like Ralph's, Rock Diner, the Mideast, like we talked before, and several uh-huh. others. So is there, like, still a healthy scene for these more DIY uh, community center type places, like your VFWs, Uh-oh. Knights of Columbus? And and I would just say, um, I'm sorry, but, like, what's the difference in the scene, the difference in the types of people that throw those shows or attend those shows compared to the more professional clubs and venues?
3: Uh, i'd say first shout out to our good friend kyle license along with his pals and a uh, vanguard booking that have been doing those shows they book a lot of, like they book a handful of ralph shows under like the old um i don't know what to call it booking name 2462 booking or something like that but now they're under vanguard booking they book a lot of shows at the sons of italy which is pretty cool because it's Right along the South Shore near where yeah. we live, so. almost hometown. Almost hometown. <laughs> Town <laughs> over
4: hometown. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
3: But it's kind of cool because a lot of younger younger kids go there. A lot of newer bands come around on tour and stuff, and it's just super sick. Like I, one of my favorite shows I saw at the Sons of Alia was Gulch and Drain, hmm. like a like two thousand nineteen two thousand nineteen. Yeah, was it two thousand nineteen or was it two thousand early two thousand twenty before COVID? Uh, 2019, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that show is fucking awesome. But it's just cool to still have something that if, like, I have nothing else going on, I can just go on Instagram, and be like, oh, there's a show down the street tonight. I can still go to that.
4: And I, yeah, I think it's cool too. Cause, like, you mentioned the differences too. Like, I think the more professional ones, it's like, you know, more established bands most of the time and like people who are just, kind of well aware of those bands and i feel like the shows that are you know might take place at sons of italy since kyle himself he's a young kid you know so like and he books all these bands um you know mixed bills hardcore bands metal bands whatever and it it really brings out a lot of younger kids like there were so many last one we played i can't remember when it was but i didn't know anyone yeah there was a lot of people i've never seen before and like we mentioned it's basically a hometown show so yeah it's it, really
5: cool it's like looking almost like 10 years into the past where we were like their age kind of going to whatever vfw hall we could whatever show was happening around our, our parts
4: yeah exactly I, I think
3: we're very spoiled in massachusetts because the last show we played with on death there was a, a show at every single venue at the middle east venues that night hmm. like there was a show downstairs middle east there's just a, a show at sonia there was, like a show upstairs Middle East that we were
2: playing. It's it's like insane around yeah, here. There's lately. no shortage of uh, extreme music for all these young kids to munch on up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. well, that kind of gets to the point I was I was I was trying to make with this interview too about the crossover and how it's not a not necessarily a new thing. It's just um, a, a new generation doing it. I think it it's now. just
3: like represented in a different way, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's why sometimes it gets guff from certain people and sometimes it's praised by people, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, there's something for everyone and everything's going to get spun in a different way every couple of years. Just inevitable. Maybe I'll hate the next round of kids that come around. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you will. Trust me, you will. <laughs> the, the the podcast has forced me to be very open minded, man. I, I might have hated you guys if I wasn't doing the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing, man. I'm playing, but it, it's you know it's like it's a it's funny, but it's a good point too because like you mentioned before about seeing the the fashion shirts that look like death metal logos yeah. and um. And it's like, it, I feel like it's kind of like this like sliding scale of like, well, what what offends you as an underground music fan? Does like the new generation doing it, but they don't know about what you know about it offend you? Or does Kanye West wearing like a Dark Angel shirt offend you? Or, like, what what is it? Like, what's, you know, what's it take? At a certain point, you just got to be like, I like metal for myself and for what it is. And you can't let outside stuff irritate you, man. People, other right. people exactly. take it for what and they take it for.
3: Especially on social media, all you have to do is just unfollow, mute or block accounts and... Yeah. It's out of your sight, like immediately.
1: That's you know? that's an important one. That's a good tip, right there. I like that, man. Because <laughs> a lot yeah. of a lot of people, man, you would have so much less uh, anxiety and stress from from social media if they did that. Because you know, you sometimes you're looking at uh, uh, you know pe- people that you, you don't necessarily like or people that you think have it better mm-hmm. than you for some reason, you know.
3: Yeah, it's like you have. Total control, mo- most of the time, about what you see and what you hear. So I feel like you know, it's no need to stress about what some kid thinks about death metal or how some kid has a death metal logo for his fashion company, but he's a rapper or something like that. Yeah, it's like it is what it's it like is. A, it's like you know? it's all art and it's all self-expression, yeah. whether you like it or not. You know, it's if everyone was into the same thing the same way, it's like what's the
2: point of self-expression? You know, right. You know, don't yeah. be a dork. Let these kids listen to riffs. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough, man. Yeah, and it, it's like, it's like I said too, with the, watching the progression and the different um, releases you guys have had. Uh, you know, sometimes it's interesting to watch things change over the time and watch the, um, a new generation take it over, man. Mm-hmm. So on, on that note, as we um, as we wind down, talking about your uh, your upcoming album that you're working on. Could you talk, is there any stylistic shift maybe from Devoured Humanity that you want to talk about? Um, just any plans in general. I don't know. Anything about the album of, of note?
3: <laughs> it's definitely, definitely <laughs> our more intense. It's probably the most intense version of ourselves. More more blast beats, more ass-beaten parts, more melodic
2: parts, which I'm Astrosons. really excited about. Astrosomes. Yeah, really, really slow songs It's yeah, there's gonna be yeah i like, everything especially because all i listen to when i write is either the early suffocation albums Diminus, or coheed
1: and Cambria. <laughs> so you'll you'll hear all of that in there i like all right i'm excited for it man and yeah the albums
3: i i'm really excited about it, it took us like i never wanted to just rush out a record be like yeah here's our first album quick let's hop on a tour and Let's do exactly. it because like I, I just know I wouldn't be happy with huh. it, you know, so that's why I was like, I don't mind taking our time just playing local one off shows or maybe a show I state here and there because it, it's like something I like. It sounds so full of myself when I want to like perfectly craft our sound, you know, I wanted to put something that we're all proud of out there, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be like, oh, we should have I want to put have our first album be a whole bunch of should haves, you know,
1: mm. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's a good attitude, man. Um, and on that note, is there um, can can you speak at this point of any uh, like is there a label that you're working with or um, is there an album title? Anything that people can hang on, or should people just follow your social media and hang tight?
3: Maggot Stomp,
1: baby. Okay, yeah. there it is. Um, Maggot Stomp Records. People know. People should know by now.
3: Yeah, it's very hard to ignore. Like every every band just rips, and you know can't go wrong. That's where I got into a lot of the more newer bands that are out there now just before we we were even on the label, you know?
2: Yeah, and shout out Vomit Forth. Craziest fucking can Shout out Vomit See Forth. See them
4: tomorrow. See you. Then yep, tomorrow. We're,
2: we're all going to the Frozen Soul Sangha Bog oh, show yeah, yeah. tomorrow
3: at the Middle East. Shout out to the Middle East.
1: Yeah, vom- Vomit Vomit Forth. Um technically a Long Island band, um, in my mind and heart, because the drummers from Long Island. The rest of them are um, Connecticut guys. Yeah, Uh, man. I always always think, (laughs) for a minute, I always think of them as a Long Island band until I remember it's just one guy. But big shout out to Vomit Fourth. Um uh we we've, we had Nick on the show before and I'm really glad to see them on that Frozen Soul and uh and everybody tour. Man, that's that's a, a great look for we'll them. Been
2: awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would love to maybe speak to them again in the future and get get their stories from that and um of course speak. We've had Sanguasugabag we've had, uh on and uh, maybe we'll, we'll get somebody from Frozen Soul eventually. But um, but tonight we got you guys, uh, mourned uh, from Weymouth, Massachusetts. <laughs> and just to wind down now, we always ask the guests to recommend one older and one newer album by any artist you like, metal or otherwise. I'm going to let all four of you guys go. Uh, I, I'm so, already sorry. Right i got to right break yeah. out the line. I, I, I listen.
2: That.
1: All right. All right. <laughs> so you know awesome.
4: your
2: old, all right. So awesome. my old one, and I mentioned it earlier, everyone has to go on YouTube and listen to Diminus, View to the Dim. It's a big inspiration for me for the record. It's hard as fuck. And um, it was also all the members of Volbeat's first band. So you don't have to listen to Volbeat. You can just listen to The Menace. It's it's not what you think when you hear Volbeat. Oh, no, it's (laughs) super heavy. Um, And a new record. I'm a huge fan of the Dream Unending record. So go check that out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, So
3: my current uh, older record would be uh, Blood Has Been Shed, Spirals. I've been listening to that a lot lately. It's um, Howard Jones and Justin Foley's band from Kills Which Engage. Um, That's a big one on heavy rotation for me. And for a newer record, um, I've been listening to a lot of the new Spectral Wound album, A Diabolic Thirst." and that's probably my favorite black metal record of the year personally like it's in steady rotation just about every week
1: all right all right sweet
4: okay uh i think for me um i think my older record just because i've been listening to them a lot lately um and especially this album would be fed through the teeth machine uh the red cord (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah another band from around here and uh yeah, huge influence on us, and uh, I think Clients is still my favorite, but I'm gonna say Fed the Teeth Machine today. And then for a newer record, just because I've been listening to it a lot, is uh, I'll probably go with Hush and Grim from Mastodon, mm, uh, one of my okay. favorite bands of all time, and I love that record. Um, not as you know crazy heavy as the old stuff, but uh, I love it. I'm really digging it.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. Shout to shout Gunface from the Red Cord. We, we, uh, there, I know Tom, uh, from the Heavy Hole team went back and forth behind the scenes once or twice. We're trying to get and in, invite him, entice him to do an interview one day. Big shout to Gunface, uh fan of his work. Uh, but moving on, um, uh, please continue, fellas.
5: Uh, and then, um, just me being like kind of big on Prague now that I play, oh, well, I grew up, you know, playing guitar, but now I play bass a lot. So I have to become, you know, big on prog. So, older, <laughs> um, Colors by Between the Barrier and Me is like one of my favorite. albums. Mm-hmm. taught me like a lot of bass when I was learning it. Um, and then for newer, I'm liking uh, Ascension Codes by Cynic, of course, a lot of, you know.
3: Oh, dude, I I'm meant to so. talk to you about that. That
1: was
5: so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that.
1: But. Uh, yeah, I, Cody from uh, my band Afterbirth has been pushing that on us. I, I haven't had a chance to sit down and listen to it, but I'm looking forward to it. For and things. everyone awesome.
2: has to listen to that Afterbirth record from last year, because that's my favorite record of last year, and I will shout you out for that, because that shit is awesome.
1: Uh, 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 thanks, man, but... Uh, appreciate You're making me blush now. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much, man. Um, Very honored to work with those guys, man. I'm glad you guys checked it out, man. And um, I also thank you guys very much for your time. Um, You've been very generous with your time and your story. I appreciate... um, the back and forth and uh, who knows maybe one day we'll see you in metal archives (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. hopefully Hopefully. i've got this record we'll see so the
3: funny thing about that is i have my own page in the metal archives because yeah under graphic design
2: (laughs) but the rest of the band doesn't get it for the riffs yeah Yeah,
4: we were actually blacklisted i think we were taken off the blacklist at this point but we were at one point well the funny
3: thing is if you go (laughs) on my metal archives profile you go on like um, whatever I did, like, you can see the layouts or logos I did, then you click on bands and it's more fun in white. So yeah, you, you can't. can't. Oh, yeah. Oh, There's <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm oh, so close. We're almost there. <laughs> so we're on there, but just in text, like, yeah. in past. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have to copy and paste the name in Google.
1: It. They have, like, te- you know, tech guys, like, work, you know working behind the scenes on the <laughs> algorithm of your riffs to see if they're metal enough. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. they
3: have a couple shadow people in cloaks <laughs> listen to our music just yeah. <laughs> how much they hate
1: it. I, I'm very upfront that Metal Archives is an incredible resource for what oh, we do awesome. on the on the podcast, man, but I, I got no problem busting balls for this one, man. I think it's <laughs> funny. Oh no, and they're I, great.
2: I learned a lot about bands, just yeah, not
1: about my band on Yeah, just oh, not yeah. <laughs> about yeah, just not about they were not helpful at all to, for today's episode except for comic relief. <laughs> it's and, really funny. But mm-hmm. I would say enjoy it because Big Shot. I love I love Rick from uh, Buckshot and Gray Sky's Fallen and Reeking Or. My band, my um, loyal guitarist and, and good friend. Uh, to death but he actually wrote emails um, trying to prove that Buckshot facelift ha- was metal enough with one of our albums and like finally got us listed and I'll always regret it because I like <laughs> uh, I, w- I wanted the <laughs> distinction I wanted like we were too punk for m- metal archives you know but whatever man so enjoy it while you got it we man. got the title now yeah you guys got the title now man alright <laughs> man well enjoy the belt enjoy the rain and good luck with everything in the future guys I look forward to seeing you live one day uh, that's mourned from weymouth massachusetts you guys can check them out on Bandcamp, facebook instagram twitter um everywhere but metal archives right so uh, just parting <laughs> words for fans of your music and listeners of our show um
2: take care of each other listen to some good fucking riffs uh just go to shows hang out with people yeah start listen a band new man listen yeah. to something new
3: yeah, uh, make something super dope that you're proud
2: of and then make
3: something that you're even prouder of after that and also shout out Mark Whalen and shout out Fuming Mouth get better Mark mm. I don't know if you'll listen to this or when you'll listen to this I'll text you about it
2: anyway uh, <laughs> love you dude yeah, much love to Mark Whalen and Fuming Mouth um, support Massachusetts metal bands support metal bands play some video games and uh, don't be a dork
1: <laughs> <laughs> alright there you have it man Members of Mourned from Weymouth, Massachusetts, man. appreciate talking to all those guys. Um, I was kidding around a little bit about rapping with the youth and the young guy. But, you know, seriously, we've got different generations. I'm about to turn 40 up here. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to play any games like some, you know, it's more like the pop punk and the metalcore singers do where they're trying to date the young girls and it's creepy.
0: Yeah, it is kind of like notorious. I, I think it has to do with the lyrical themes. Um mm. You see, like, you talk about death metal, and it's always, like, sci-fi or, like, abstract ideas, things that would rarely happen, but in, like... That weird pop punk world. There seems to be this crossover. Of, like it's always about a girl or something. And there's it's like this.
1: Yeah, and you're, it pushes you're right.
0: to the more perverted end with some members of that. Of course, not all of them.
1: I think there's a lot more to the equation, and there's a lot of bands in those genres that are probably just you know regular you know dudes that that you know we wouldn't want to generalize in this conversation. Uh, but of course. Oh, yeah. You're, you're probably right with a little bit of that like melodramatic kind of like l- you know love romantic subject matter with the yeah, lyrics. The ratio
0: so. to like subject matter in real yeah, life with the band weird. members, it's cl- like a lot higher. With you know, but yeah. you, th- that's just a thought.
1: Well, all I'm getting at, not to make it weirder than we just made it. Uh, I'm about to turn forty. I'm not, you know, Tom. Like, look at me, dude. I I got a I got like a crew cut. You don't a, look a, a day clean over thirty-two. Shave. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't have any tattoos. What, are, like, I'm wearing? I mean, we really got to break this down for the listeners. How I'm not trying to um, uh, uh, present myself as, as cool or fashionable. I'm wearing. I have one Scion sock. These are the when we when we talked with Esten Brown. About um, the Scion metal scene, and it comes up on the podcast when the Scion Car Company. I'm wearing one stretched out old ass Scion sock from like yeah. 12 years ago mm-hmm. that was at the bottom of the sock drawer. The other sock is indeterminate right. brand. Just I'm wearing black on black dad shoes, um, Fila dad shoes, ripped Reebok sweatpants, and a crowbar. Long sleeve, yeah. Big it, on crowbar recently. It literally know. says heavy quality since nineteen eighty nine. They put no. heavy quality on a size four X crowbar shirt. You think they were joking? I don't think so at all. I okay. actually I, I saw I saw a crowbar recently, and uh, you know Kirk,
0: great performer, mm-hmm.
1: still heavy. Looks like he lost
0: weight. Still Old heavy. Guy.
1: I'm not even going to imply that that man might have lost weight. He keeps it keeps it on in all the right places. So he he's perfectly heavy. Yeah. Look, all I'm getting at. All right, this isn't the Big Will Fashion Conference here. I'm just trying to express to everybody, I know my age. I'm not out here trying to, um, trying to trying to trying to keep it fresh, uh, you know, in skinny jeans and uh, dyeing my hair all sorts of color. I keep I keep it real. All right, so I I enjoyed that conversation with those guys, man. We 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 uh we got down to it a little bit. Um, I I realized that Lincoln Park and Slipknot might have been influential music entities in the last twenty years. Um, I don't know how that got by me, uh, but uh, shout out to those guys, man! Check out Mourn. Be on the lookout for their their latest um, uh, material coming out soon, hopefully. And uh, as we transition, you know, I talked about um, the the older uh, uh, the older aspects of metal, old dudes uh, keeping in touch with the young, blah blah blah. We got a, a listener of a certain age, older than me. I'm not going to blow up his spot, but shout out to, um, if I say your name right, sir, Kali Juhani of Finland uh, wrote with some very enthusiastic words about the podcast. I appreciate him. Uh, reached out on Facebook Messenger recently. Um, asked First of all, he asked about Mortiferoth, a uh, Queens-based death metal band that I big upped on the podcast recently. M-o- it's M O R T I F E R O T H, uh, Mortiferoth. I like to speak to those guys. Um, last time I checked, Brian Hobby from Internal Bleeding was with them, ex members of Laceration from Long Island, um, a really cool old school raw band to check out. But another band um, that Kali asked me about was Hellbound from New York, an old school band from the 90s. And I said, Kali, gotta be honest, buddy. I don't know. Um, uh, You caught me out here. I'm not going to front. I'm not going to try to sweep it under the rug. I'm going to be up front with the listeners. I've heard the name Hellbound here and there. I might have seen it on a zine or a distro list, but I do not know Hellbound. Allegedly, one of the first uh, death grind bands or death thrash bands, I should say more appropriately, from the Bronx part of New York City. Uh, the, the Bronx borough, to record uh, Death Thrash in the early 90s. Um, we don't know of a lot of Bronx-based death metal or thrash metal bands through the years. Members of Demolition Hammer, I believe. Uh, the band Braindead, who we could get into and try to cover more in the future. Other than that, I don't know a whole... Bronx very famous historically for hip-hop, not so much hmm. for metal that I know about.
0: Hmm, I thought Demolition Hammer was Yonkers, which is close.
1: I said members. I don't know. There's been associations. I'm not saying anything because I'm not from there. As we said before, we're from Huntington, New York, here on Long Island, about 45 minutes to an hour away from New York City. Uh, For the listeners not familiar, boroughs is kind of just like it's a different way of saying maybe a county, something like that. It's a big section of New York City. There's five boroughs, the Bronx being one of them. Brooklyn and Queens, more traditionally associated with heavy metal and punk rock, I'd say, especially nowadays. Um, the scene very heavy in Brooklyn for live music and, and everything in general, of, uh, including heavy metal. But the Bronx, I thought, I thought this was very interesting. So I went back and I checked it out on Collie's um, recommendation, shout out to him again, and went down the wormhole. They had three demos released in the early 90s. I think it plays out from 90 to 95, their little career. Three excellent demos um, of uh, uh, ex- ex- exceeding quality. Really good stuff. Not necessarily what you might expect with that New York tag on it, um, especially being from a borough more associated with hip-hop through the years. It's not groove-oriented death metal. This is actually a really excellent high-caliber death thrash that I found very reminiscent of the early Sepultura albums and early Death albums that would have been available in like 1990, 1991. To these guys, if you're a fan of, say, Schizophrenia uh, by Sepultura, um, Beneath the Remains by Sepultura, the first two death albums, uh, you know, and, and maybe you're more traditional, like Slayer, Testament, inspired early death metal and thrash, this is the way to go, man. These guys did not play. I saw that the bass player was involved in a few acts, but n- nothing nothing really else. Not, these guys, I don't think ever, to my knowledge, went on to be in um, bands or are active today, so it's sad. And in this age of reissues, I'm hoping that one of these labels picks up. This would be a, such a nice little CD, compilation reissue CD to have all three of these demos. Maybe they could dig up some bonus stuff on a, um, uh, a, a CD or, or even vinyl, who knows. So if uh, labels are listening, man, you should go back and look for Hellbound from the Bronx, New York. Three demos in the early 90s. Very available, by the way, I should say, on uh, Fred Figuera's um, YouTube channel. That's uh, Fred, F-I-G-U-R... Um, Tom, you got that for me? Uh, yeah. yeah. F-I-G-U-E-R-O-A. Yeah, Fred Figuera's YouTube channel, who is a artist who's worked for Vomit 4th recently. And Vomit 4th, of course, uh, being in the know, got him because he's done a lot of classic death metal artwork uh, from years past in New York and on the East Coast. So that's interesting that Fred, uh, a classic artist for New York death metal himself, is kind of keeping this band alive on his YouTube channel, man. So big shout to him for doing that and to the band... Um, uh, Hellbound from the Bronx, New York. Rest in peace to that band. They left us those three great demos, and you really should check them out. And shout out to our listener, Kali, from um, Finland. I hope I pronounced your name right, sir. Thanks for your uh, listenership. If anybody else wants to get in touch, we're on all the social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, maybe maybe I should try to Could we make a MySpace page?
0: Is that- I think Fox owns that. I think we can you know do that. What? And it is music-centric.
1: That also is, like, getting me in trouble with what I was saying before. I'm not, like, a pop punk or a metalcore singer. Right. I'm, yeah. not, I'm trying to just accept my age. Making a MySpace page is a step in the opposite direction. Um, Let's leave that alone. Is
0: it? That might be the cassette of uh, RSS feeds in the future. Who knows?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, 10 10 more years, MySpace will be for the underground death metal guys. Yeah, exactly. Like right now, Facebook is right where I sit comfortably um, with the boomers So if you want to reach out uh, Check us out on fa- you know, you can Facebook, Instagram, everything Like I said, that phone number I'm going to bug you Tom
0: mm-hmm. Why don't you uh, Also bug me By calling 631 <laughs> Oh that's my phone number 631-837-3274
1: yeah, all right, you crack. Very close, actually. Uh, that's why I keep asking you because you're going to crack eventually, man, and <laughs> yeah. give out your own number. On My the own podcast. number
0: is super close to that, so uh, who knows? We'll yeah, see what
1: happens. It's like in The Sopranos where that girl gives AJ like like you know six digits of the phone number and says he's got to he's got to work to find the extra one. The listeners are going to do that and crack the code on you. Now. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess. Spam likely. Yeah, you're they're, welcome. They're coming for you. And they're yeah, going to exactly. ask you about your car's warranty. I'm looking at uh, Fred's
0: YouTube page right now, and I just want to shout out uh, him having all of the vowels in his last name. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. No, he's uh, yeah, classic uh, underground death metal artist. Classic last name. Yeah. Really. Yeah. He's really got the full package. Hard. On hard, hard. You know, as I said, the Esten Brown interview was a little traumatic for me pronouncing that man's band names. Yeah. And, had a l- lot and of lyrics, them. but yeah. We'll move on. Um, but, yeah, so if you want to call us up, leave a voicemail like that. That's the number. We also got Podcast at gmail.com. Um, or you could uh, uh, tie two cans together and throw one into Huntington and see if Big Will picks it up while he's walking the streets aimlessly um, uh, hoping for new death metal bands to drop out of the sky. Listen, this is the Heavy Hole Podcast, and we thank you. We thank the members of Mourned. I thank you, Tom. Always nice to see you. Thank you, Will. Big shout to Justin out there in the wilderness, roaming around like a yeah. like a, a ghost. Some kind of spooky ghost with a uh, full inbox from a bunch of freelance uh, clients <laughs> that are oh, yeah. that well, are st- haunting him. Speaking of full inbox, that was fun. If anyone else wants to call up and uh, try to take Justin's job, yeah, that was yeah. fun. <laughs> Roman cheese, <yes. laughs> yeah, yeah, We're we're definitely accepting voicemails. Uh, parodying. Um, job applications for Justin's job. I don't know that we're officially cutting Justin loose yet. But we are going to cut you loose. Thank you for listening to the Heavy Hole Podcast. I think we covered everything. Everyone. Oh,